The all-new Chevy Colorado is made for more. Stacked with the latest in-vehicle technologies like a class-leading 11-inch diagonal center touchscreen and an extra-large wireless charging pad. Plus, it features wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto compatibility to make staying connected easy wherever your adventure takes you. Chevy Colorado. Made for more. Learn more at Chevrolet.com slash truck slash Colorado. Claims based on latest competitive data. This is the On The Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Aaron Brightman. Welcome to episode 136 of the On The Banks podcast. I'm your host and managing editor, Aaron Brightman. Thanks so much for joining us once again. Plenty of spring sports picking up and heading towards the postseason this week, the last week of April. We'll start with women's lacrosse defeated Penn State on senior day. They're ranked now number 15th in the country. They clinched an invitation to the Big Ten tournament, which they will be hosting at SHI Stadium between May 6th and 8th. Only four teams qualify for the Big Ten tournament for women's lacrosse. Rutgers is guaranteed no worse than a third place finish, uh, no, uh, excuse me, and no worse than a fourth place finish. Uh, Maryland and Northwestern are one and two. Uh, Rutgers finishes the regular season Thursday night at Ohio State, and that will determine their ultimate seeding. They're in very good shape for a second consecutive NCAA tournament bid. Cassidy Spillis has been named Big Ten Midfielder of the Week twice, two in a row now. Uh, She was just nominated. She was on the watch list for top 25 for the uh, T. Wharton Award, which is the uh, College Player of the Year. So having um, a great year once again along with T.T. Nislonski leading the way, the two of them offensively. Rutgers women's lacrosse having uh, a tremendous year uh, once again and hopefully uh, has plenty more success left in them this next month as the postseason approaches. Men's lacrosse, unbelievable. Come from behind win on senior day. This past Saturday, they trailed last place Penn State 11-7. to They scored four consecutive goals in the last seven or so minutes. Ross Scott, Tied the game with eight seconds to play and then won it in overtime. Uh, It was also Alumni Appreciation Day. It was a day that the program honored the late former head coach, Tom Hayes, a legend not only at Rutgers, but in the sport of lacrosse for all the work that he did uh, over the years. So, you know, it was certainly an emotional day for the program, but they were able to overcome it and uh, had just a, a huge win. They had already solidified a second place finish for a second consecutive season in the Big Ten, but that finished the regular season for them. They're now 12-2 and overall. They finished 4-1 and in the Big Ten. And um, over the last two years, their only Big Ten losses have been to Maryland. Uh, they've beaten every other team three times now each, uh, which is pretty impressive in and of, of itself. And they'll play um, in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament in the first week of May as well. And they'll wait to see who they draw uh, Thursday, May 5th at College Park, Maryland. They'll be in the semifinals. So we'll update you there. But Brian Breck's team, obviously, in very good shape, not only to make a run in the Big Tens, but also uh, another repeat of performance invitation, excuse me, to the uh, NCAA tournament as well. They do need to win, you know, potentially if they face, you know, a last place team like Penn State in the semifinals, that would be a bad loss. So hopefully they avoid that. But a win to get in the Big Ten championship game essentially clinches an NCAA bid, and most likely will get there, even with a loss in the semifinals, which is actually what happened last season as well. And then Rutgers baseball did have that 16-game win streak snapped. 
last week, lost the first two to Iowa, originally lost to Princeton in midweek, but they rebounded with a big win uh, on uh, Sunday against Iowa, which is, has, has the best pitching staff in the Big Ten. And Rutgers remains atop the Big Ten standings with a 12-3 and conference record. They are dealing with some injuries, which is a um, common occurrence for most teams this stretch. They've played close to 40 games this season. But uh, Nick Samillo, top performer this year, handling the pitching staff, but also leading the Big Ten and on base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, second in batting average. He has missed the last four games. He is listed as day-to-day, and they're hoping he returns this weekend at Ohio State. And this had, had some other players as well that have, have battled some day-to-day injuries. So hopefully this team can get healthy with the stretch run upon us. They're at Ohio State this weekend. Then they host Maryland for a three-game set the following weekend and close out the regular season at Michigan. Ohio State is towards the bottom of the conference at 3-10. and 10, But Maryland and Michigan are in the top four with eight and nine wins, respectively, a couple games back. Rutgers right now leads Illinois by half a game. For first place, this is a team that was not picked in the preseason poll in the top six, um, has never qualified for the Big Ten tournament, hasn't made the NCAA tournament since 2007, and is right now um, in a great position at 33-9, and nine, tied for the second most wins in the country to not only make the Big Ten tournament for the first time ever, but they have a legitimate chance to win the Big Ten title, they have a legitimate chance to win the Big Ten tournament, and they're in very, very good position to make the NCAA tournament for the first time in 15 years. And to talk about their success and what the season's been like so far, we have this week as our guest, Rutgers closer, Dale Stanovich. Uh, he's had a tremendous second season on the banks, eight saves, ERA, uh, close to one. He is um, on the uh, watch list for not only for the top stopper in the country, but also watch list for pitchers overall put out by Major League Baseball. You know, he definitely has pro potential. He succeeded at the Cape Cod League last year, which we'll talk about. Um, he was dominant for the, the title winning team and really is just a tremendous athlete, but a huge, huge piece of the puzzle for this baseball team. And we welcome him in now. It's my pleasure to now welcome to the podcast Rutgers closer, Dale Stanovich. Dale, thanks so much for being here. Happy to be here. First off, congrats on the season so far. Rutgers baseball, 33-9 and nine, uh, atop the Big Ten standings entering this weekend. Road trip to Ohio State. Just first want to just ask, um, in terms of, of how this team's performed so far, how surprised are you, or is this what you and your teammates expected? And how excited are you to be in this position now uh, with uh, May right around the corner? No, I definitely say we were uh, expecting to do something similar to this. I think this is our best start since 2007 in terms of winning percentage. Yeah, the team's just getting along really well. And this was kind of the talk in the offseason. And coach always preached to us is you guys got to have a goal and you guys got to talk about it frequently. And this is definitely one of them that we would um, always talk about in the locker room. And uh, being first in Big Ten right now is crucial with, uh, I think, three weekends left before Big Ten tournament. So we're definitely excited. And just for this team and, and you being part of this program and, and where it's come so quickly under uh, head coach Steve Owens, what was it about his vision you wanting to come here? And also how, how close has it been to kind of what he envisioned and kind of sold you guys on to, to come to Rutgers? Yeah, I just think the opportunities here are kind of unlimited in terms of academic and athletic performance between the 
facilities and just the coaching staff as a whole. For me personally, coming out of community college, I wanted to go somewhere where playing time was available for me right away. And this was a place where I knew I could get some innings. And he just believed in me. And um, just the group as a whole has really just come together. Things are rolling our way. As for the season standpoint, is we didn't really hit too many bumps. Occasionally we hit a couple, but we're honestly smooth sailing right now. And what is, um, what's the team chemistry been like? Obviously, you know, you've had it have added um, some key transfers this year, last year. Uh, obviously, you yourself uh, knew the program last year. All of it happening during COVID. You know, how, how did, did that make it more challenging to kind of build team camaraderie? And, and how has kind of this team's mindset helped you guys this season? Yeah, no, I don't think it's been any more challenging. If anything, it might have made it a little bit easier because last year there was only so much we could do here on campus where a lot of our time was spent together. So we were able to build bonds with one another. The hardest one probably was this year when Wyatt Parliament came in the second semester. I mean, the kid just graduated high school. He wasn't mm -hmm. here in the fall. So we all got to know him pretty quick, which turned out really well. And uh, I have to imagine um, that trip to Hawaii earlier in the year was a, was a good team bonding experience as well. It was definitely a good team bonding experience. I was laughing because I, I think at the time we had six losses and four of them came from that trip between <laughs> Hawaii and Omaha. So I think that just goes to show um, how tired we were as a team and fatigued. But it was definitely a great experience and I'll never forget it. And just in terms of, you know, your personality and your mindset as a closer, you know, speaking of Hawaii, that clip of you coming out of the bullpen went viral <laughs> a little bit. You know, you seem to have kind of a, a, a loose and, uh, and a good sense of humor. How does that help you, you know, having that closer mindset coming to the game, needing to, you know, get the job done? Yeah, it definitely helps. I mean, with the situation already at hand, putting additional pressure on yourself will definitely not make the situation any easier. So if you can kind of be relaxed and have fun with it, things will just go your way. Your background, you know, is, is really interesting to me. You're a tremendous athlete. You were just on Ralph's Corner. I saw you dunk the basketball. Many people probably don't know you were first-team All-State uh, football player in high school, New York State. Did you play basketball at all, or is this something you've always done on the side? No, I played basketball in high school. I was a pretty good player, but nothing too crazy. I, I definitely think football is my go-to. So what was, what was your decision, baseball over football, uh, you know, in college? That was a tough decision. At the end of the day, I just think I had a better chance with it long term. Uh, but I definitely miss football and I, I think about it a lot. Actually, uh, my brother, Brian, he's a year older than he's uh, two years older than me. They're retiring his uh, football jersey um, next year. So that's exciting. I played with him when I was a junior and he was a senior. So that was exciting. I, I love football, but at the end of the day, I think I had a best chance for baseball. And it all, I mean, as of right now, it's paying off. This interview is probably going to set the message boards on fire with uh, the, the football fans wanting you to walk onto the football team now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought about it a couple of years ago, but it's just a little bit too late for that, Aaron. I got to, I invested too much time into this career, so I got to <laughs> keep it going. Last year, you pitched in the uh, prestigious Cape Cod League. Uh, I actually lived in Boston myself, so I'm pretty familiar with it and uh, ha have attended games myself. You won the title with Brewster. You're going back this year. Uh, I believe Ryan Lasko is going to join you. Brian Fitzpatrick's back with you. What is that whole experience like? And for people that don't understand what that league's like, just talk a little bit about you know how, mu how much fun it is and how important it is to, to Cape Cod during the summer. Last summer was the best summer of my life, just in terms of baseball experience, but 
just the everyday life of just going to the field. And uh, yeah, the between the host families, um, the support staff, all those people, they truly care about you and they get to know you really quick. Um, when they go to the ballpark and they talk to us, it, it makes their day and they really enjoy it. The Cape Cod League is honestly, I fell in love with it the first week I was there. Uh, just between the fans, you know, the kids enjoy it. And just the atmosphere as a whole, because when you think about it as this prestigious league, you, you know, you think about these grandstands and these scoreboards, these, all this stuff, but it's really not like that. It's just, just baseball fields and the best players walk on them and they just play the game as hard as they can each and every day. And how much did that experience uh, help prepare you for this season and, and kind of, you know, help you develop as a player? It just definitely gave me the confidence that I needed. I'm um, going out there and did what I did coming back here to Rutgers, understanding that I can actually do this thing at a high level consistently, which I needed because as a baseball player, you got to be confident at all times because things aren't always going to go your way and you got to understand how to bounce back when things are going bad. And I that definitely taught me that and also taught me some valuable lessons, you know, about being at the field every day, taking care of your body, nutrition, sleep, stuff like that, that Coach Owens preaches on a daily basis. It actually goes into full effect when you're playing every day. And talking about Coach Owens, I mean, what impact has he had on you? And he obviously had a lot of experience coming to Rutgers, but what has been some of the things that, that he's done to kind of help this team take that next step and, and be as successful as you've been this year? Really just believing in each other as a whole and um, not really necessarily worrying about what other teams are doing, just controlling what we can control. And that's just getting better every day because the best teams, they come around towards the end. Last year, we played a half a season, which he always he always yells at, at us for that. But <laughs> this year, we're going to play a full season, which we have been so far. And uh, yeah, just team chemistry is something he, uh, he preaches and just the right habits off the field, too. And I, I did have him on uh, before the season started. And uh, speaking to that, you know, that Nebraska series last year, you went out and swept them. They ended up winning the Big Ten. You guys did have a little bit of a rough stretch at the end of the year. I did. How much has that helped the team kind of learn from and, and help prepare and kind of, you know, you got on that 16-game winning streak this this season, obviously, um, and really didn't stumble at all after you swept Nebraska yet again? Yeah, uh, it definitely helped a lot. I know we talk about last year a lot, even sometimes we do here as a team, but I don't really like to talk about last year because this year we have a completely new team, new players, um, individuals have grown, and I think we're just a completely different team this year. And we definitely learned from the stuff from last year, but this year, I think we're just going to prove them what we have going over here. And uh, speaking of new additions, Nick Samillo, uh, catcher coming over from Manhattan, you know, he's, he's leading the Big Ten in, in OPS, second in batting average, obviously handles the pitching staff. What, what has his impact been for this team and for you personally? I mean, Nick is remarkable. If you just see him hit the balls that he hits, they're just different off his bat. But even sometimes, even when he gets out, his just approach is uh, – it's at a professional level. He has really, really good eyes, and yeah, he takes care of the pitching staff really well, communicates well, and makes a uh, leader. And just in terms of this team's mindset, with how much has has kind of those midweek home games helped against the local competition to a keep you guys fresh, but also just keep your confidence up, you know, in between the Big Ten weekends. Oh, those are crucial, and it's nice to be home because we were we were on the road for a long, long time. So to be home for the past, I think about two weeks or so, we, everyone was able to get their bodies back under them. Yeah, and the midweek games are important for kids that need to stay fresh. Hitters can uh, see live at bats, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can get 
a lot of W's, which we have in those situations. We lost the one to Princeton, but they honestly played pretty well. Yeah, Princeton's one of those uh, in-state rivals that I feel like whenever Rutgers plays them, they always, uh, in any sport, always uh, is is a tough battle. I heard um, about that. They actually said there's like a Princeton curse or something like that. I heard about that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You know, it, it happens in men's lacrosse this season too. You know, men's lacrosse is top five in the country and they lost. Princeton's really good at men's lacrosse <laughs> too, but it, happen, it happens a lot. Uh, happened in women's soccer this past season too. That's funny. Just in terms of where this team's at right now, obviously, you know, there, there weren't from a national and, you know, Big Ten perspective, there weren't a lot of expectations for this team. Obviously, last year you would have qualified for the Big Ten tournament, but it didn't take place. The program's never done it before. How important is it for this group to make history and kind of be on the cusp right now? And do, do you feel like you guys have a grasp of, you know, how close you are to accomplishing some big things? I would say 100%. Going back on what you said about us not really having too much expectations is honestly, we, we kind of like it like that. There's no additional pressure on us saying that we have to live up to someone's expectations. We can just do what we do, which we have been. Our game is just speaking for itself. Obviously, health's been a little bit of an issue for the team. I know you got hit by a line drive recently. Yeah. How, how are you feeling? I know you pitched this past weekend and inning, um, but how, how have you responded to that? I'm feeling better, but it's definitely a day-by-day thing. It's uh, still pretty it's – pretty, it's bothered me a little bit. The swelling went down, but I think I'll be all right in the long stretch. Yeah, a couple other guys are banged up, but Ryan Pelly, our trainer, he's been doing a fantastic job getting us back on the field. And the coach has been really understanding about what's going on right now and understanding that these next couple of weeks are really crucial. So we were able to rest this past week. Uh, a couple more for you. Just in terms of this team, who, who has impressed you the most in terms of stepping up uh, this season, making an impact, you know, kind of showing development from last season to this? I would have to say maybe Jordan Sweeney. I know he had a historical week the other, the other week, but uh, he definitely came off the bench for us and he's been ready to swing. So that's important because last year we didn't really have too much depth on, on our bench. It was kind of like we had nine guys that played and if they weren't doing what they were supposed to do, that's all we kind of had. But this year we got guys stepping up off the bench, which is, which is crucial. I know Coach Owens preached it before this season uh, when, when I spoke to him, but the fielding has been greatly improved this year. Defense, how important has that been to the team's overall improvement? And uh, what's really been the key in, the, in that area? Uh, just the work that they do in practice every day just staying focused and stuff like that. As a pitcher, those fielders are your best friends. So I learned to be a little bit nicer to them. Yeah, but they just put, they work really hard, which they have been all year. And they're just really focused and they're just locked in every pitch. And last one for you, just in terms of, of what this team needs to do to finish the season strong and, and accomplish goals and, you know, do well in the postseason. What's the biggest key for this team's success moving forward? Just continue to do what we have been doing. We don't need to be bigger than us and we just got to play our game and we should win two three, two out of three every time if we just play our game and stick to the plan that the coaches draw up because they usually have a good one going into the weekends and just stay together you know the pitchers and the hitters can sometimes get a little separated because the time that we spend together is a little bit it's a little different you know the pitchers kind of hang out with the pitchers and stuff but as long as the team stays together as one we can achieve great things and I lied I have one more for you I wanted to ask about your family I know you're one of 10 siblings and you're, you're not too far away, right? You're from Mount Vernon? Amsterdam, about three Amsterdam. and a half hours. Yeah, it's right. about three so, and a half hours from here. Okay, so how much has your family been able to come see you? <laughs> how, how important is your family to you and kind of 
helped you develop your own personality and in, in terms of kind of being able to stick out a little bit? I mean, the family's everything at the end of the day. You can always count on them. No, they've, they've made a lot of games this year, which has actually been pretty nice. You know, the kids enjoy it. They got a, you know, they run around on the soccer field behind the, the stadium. Uh, it's, it's always good to see them. It was a good time. They enjoy coming to the games too. They, they went to Brewster a bunch of times and yeah, family means a lot to me. And I've definitely, uh, taught me a lot of things over the years from growing up in a household like that. And even now, you know, I'm older, but I still have pretty younger brothers. So I kind of got to watch over them because they look up to me. So I got to be cautious on what I do. And yeah, we all just get along. Sometimes it's hard to talk to all of them at once, but <laughs> we, all, we all get along pretty well and I want to change it for the world. And, and what number are you uh, of the siblings? I'm the third oldest. So I got two older brothers and then I went five girls and then two boys. And uh, any last thing you want to say to Rutgers fans in terms of coming out to support the team the rest of the season? Yeah, I think everyone should at least try to make one game. And if you're not pleased with our performance, we can understand that. You don't got to come back, but we can promise you that we're going to play hard. And we're going to give it everything we got. And um, good things are to come here in the future. If this year doesn't prove that, then I don't really know. I don't think words can really change people's minds because we're playing really well. And uh, this is going to be something frequently happening over the next couple of years. Dale Stanovich, one of the best closers in college baseball. Thank you so much for your time and best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks so much to Dale Stanovich for joining us this episode. It was great to talk to him and find out more about Rutgers baseball and also more about his personal story. One of the be best personalities in Rutgers athletics right now. Maybe, you know, arguably one of the best or the best athlete in terms of his background uh, with football and uh, basketball and obviously, um, you know, baseball and, and what he's been able to accomplish so far and hopefully what this team is able to continue to do the rest of the way. He's an important piece to that. And it's really been a lot of fun this spring to follow this team and see them rise under Steve Owens in his third year. He had high expectations for the team, although there weren't really a lot placed on this team outside of Rutgers. It's great. It's been great to see this team succeed at the level they have. Just wanted to end on a couple of things. Obviously, Rutgers football, the spring game was this past weekend, the Scarlet White game. A lot of positives to come from it. You know, uh, of course, you can't overreact to any one thing. Um, but I thought, you know, it was competitive. I thought the defensive line looks really good. I thought all the quarterbacks had some moments. You know, again, it's, it's hard to take too much out of basically a, a glorified scrimmage. Um, but I thought the biggest takeaway for me was just how Taj Harris and even Sean Ryan, the two transfer receivers looked. They really look like big playmakers for this team next season. Uh, the potential to step in, make a huge impact on the offensive end. And that was really encouraging to see them both uh, make big plays. I mean, Jones had a good uh, day as well. He actually led all receivers with 67 yards receiving. Even Christian Dremel had a couple big catches. So, you know, wide receivers, definitely a group that Rutgers has struggled at, really, for being honest, for quite a while now. And it looks like that group is as strong as it's been in many, many years. And obviously, you know, figuring out the offensive line, the quarterback situation, the running back rotation, all important as well. But really exciting to see the wide receiver group do so well on Friday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can continue to uh, follow all of our coverage at onthebanks.com. The NFL drafts this weekend. Bo Melton and Isaiah Pacheco expected to be selected probably in the middle rounds, potentially late rounds as well. Melton will probably go before Pacheco, but it could be the first time Rutgers has two players drafted in, in a few years, uh, and it will be exciting to follow as well. But all, all of uh, Rutgers Athletics 
Follow us at On the Banks, OTB underscore SBNation.com. And thanks for listening once again here at On the Banks. Follow On the Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SBNation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On the Banks Podcast.